back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast once again, welcome back, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. Glad to be back on another podcast of Discussing Who. Yeah. Well, how are you doing, man? I can't complain, actually. Um, good week. Um, busy week at work, but glad to be here. Glad to be in Series 4, because this is one of my, if not favorite a series of Doctor Who, but uh, we'll get into that later. I want to say also welcome back to Lee Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I am very well, very well indeed, and uh, uh, glad to be back uh, like back on the show as well, well, talking about Donna Noble. Donna Noble has left the library. Yes, yes, yes. She's not left the library yet. Just FYI, she's not oh, left the library. Spoilers. Spoilers. But if she does leave the library, I have a, you know, pretty strong suspicion that Donna Noble will be saved. Donna Just Noble FYI. But, uh, yeah, we're back. We are recording this episode. We are going to be re- reviewing Partners in Crime. It is the first episode of the fourth series of Doctor Who since the revival in 2005, but I've got some news before we get into the actual review. Have you guys seen lately the VR, virtual reality uh, news that's coming from Doctor Who, specifically a short called The Runaway? Have you, you guys seen anything about that? I have, yeah. It's, it's 12 minutes long. And, um, yeah, an immersive adventure with the, the 13th Doctor, an animated 13th Doctor. Yes. So, Clarence, you know a little bit more, I think, than I do. And, well, Lee, you've actually – well, actually, both of you. I'm the only one who's not experienced virtual reality and real, not the reality in my head, but, you know, virtual reality per se. Lee, you had one that was – you did something that you were in a flood, something similar – Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Clarence, so, you've done gaming. It's in a lot. VR. Yeah. yeah, I've done uh, some gaming in VR. It's mighty fun. Uh, what does give me pause with this uh, Doctor Who experience that they're talking about is that those Doctor Who video games seldom come to the U.S. So I wonder if this is just a U.K. thing or will it actually come over here? Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Inter- huh. Interesting, too. Um there is also a follow-up to it that is coming in September of this year, and it's called The Edge of Time. And just from looking at the trailer, we will see Dalek and we will see um, the Weeping Angels. And looking at the trailer, it looked like it said to be coming. And again, it may just be the UK, like you said, but uh, PlayStation... Uh, the VR, you know, for the PlayStation, Steam, and... Two other different VR, um, you know, outlets. Yeah, it seems like a proper release. So, uh, maybe we'll come over here. That will be welcomed. So, so let me ask the question being again, the VR newbie, what would I need if I wanted to experience that VR experience? What would I need? <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> Beside that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, you need a, up until recently, you need a, a pretty good PC and anywhere from 400 to a thousand bucks to get the hardware. Now, I know Oculus just released, released the Oculus, um, Quest, which I think is an all in one. 
um, an untethered experience. So there's no computer required. Everything is in a headset. So if you're just getting into VR, that might be a good route to go, especially if you don't have like a really good PC to drive the experience. So, yeah, I say um, if you really want to get on board, the, the quest might be a good start. So what do you guys think as the direction, I guess is a good way to say it, that we're seeing Doctor Who and virtual reality? Good call, bad call, great call, no opinion call. What do you guys think? Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think it's a good call. I leave leave no stone unturned, you know. If there's a well, opportunity yeah. to provide a good experience to a different audience, I'd say go for it, you know. Mm. Yeah, I kind of I, I kind of have to second what you said and leave no stone unturned. I haven't seen it. The animation looks cool. And if they go from the perspective of who wouldn't want to have a VR experience of walking around in the TARDIS console room, I would raise my hand and say I would be one of them. You know? <laughs> yeah, but it's this TARDIS console room. <laughs> even so, even so, I'm serious. Sure. Just the idea, you know, I huh? can say, ooh, let me look on the console and try to find out how to reset the desktop theme. There you go. <laughs> you know? So I guess you could really say it's bigger on the on the inside. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's not as cramped as I thought it was. <laughs> but you know what this makes me think of is the uh the Tardisodes, the very first mini sodes that went out to people's mobile phones before most people had phones that would even play video. So mm, wow. they they had invested a lot of this sort of infrastructure into something that almost nobody saw because it it wasn't time yet. And yeah, I, so I'm kind of feeling like this is the same thing. It's like, well, for everybody who's set up for this, that'll be sweet. Um, I don't know. Hmm. But maybe, so, maybe. So a- my car, <laughs> my cardboard viewer is not going to do it. Is what I'm. Is the uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's um, that's the impression I'm getting, right? I'm not going to. So you mean those little uh, red glasses that I used to have as a kid that had the 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 viewmaster? So that's not going to work either. <laughs> no, there is actually a a, a stereo pair. Um, that's called cardboard, but um, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, and and your your red blue three D glasses are not going to help either. <laughs> Darn it, yeah. Darn it, yeah. They are good for seeing when somebody's come through from another universe, but that's yeah. Well, speaking of coming through from another universe, something <laughs> and and the um, red three uh, D glasses, the tenth Doctor War, the mm. Jadoon platoon. Has been sighted, but not on the moon. It's been sighted in series 12 in oh. a image released, uh, from the BBC today, actually. So what do you guys think of seeing the Jadoon potentially or obviously not potentially return for series 12? It certainly answers the question. Are we ever going to see any, um, classic era? Monster, or you know, or, or uh, aliens that we've seen previously on the series, because that's not from Classic Who. But um, it answers the question. There's a Jadoon staring down the Thirteenth Doctor. It's like boom, there you go, with a so, mohawk nonetheless. With, with a mohawk. I wasn't sure if they didn't have that from the beginning, so I was glad to see it. Other people pointing that out, but uh, it is a nice touch. But I, I liked the Jadoon, so I'm glad to see them turn up. Will they be a major part of the story? Who knows. What about you, Clarence? What do you think? Uh, it's always exciting to see those ties to, you know, Doctor Who's past come back up. You know, we talked about this in our panel with Laura Sellers. 
you know, one of the things that maybe makes this season, uh, this past season not as fun or, um, relatable is the fact that we don't get those enemies coming back. And I think this certainly is a good nod, you know, that's going to get a lot of people excited and back on board. So I, I, I think it should be very interesting. And I wonder how much, how far they'll go into Doctor Who's past, uh, with this Ooh. upcoming season. Yeah. Well, so I, I have to say that the one time that the 13th Doctor has crossed paths with an, you know, uh, <laughs> one of the tried and true monsters or enemies from the past, I really liked it. I mean, that that is close to being my favorite Dalek story ever. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, it, it, they, they showed they can do it. And if I were to say, if I were to take Series 11 and say, what are the episodes that I have gone back and watched more than once, Revel. Uh, resolution, not revelation. Re- uh, resolution, the episode lead that you're just referring to is one of the mm-hmm. ones that I've gone back and watched because I liked the new take on the Dalek. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of moving on into series 12, that will be in 2020. Just really quickly, I want to mention that our friends at Con Castabras, which is a North Alabama Doctor Who convention have announced their date for 2020. The 2019, as we know, unfortunately got canceled, but they have set the dates. And I just want to mention those really quick are June the 6th and the 7th, 2020. If you want to find out more, there will be a link below. Okay. So not this June, not this June. No, 2020, same year as series 12. Yeah. And if if there's a merciful, mighty, all in almighty, it'll be January first, twenty twenty. Ah, yes. And I speaking of uh, things that are coming down the pipe, I have heard rumors, and mm. I think these were Mirror UK. So you know, take those with a grain of salt. Yeah. That there may be a Christmas episode this year. Mm. 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 Yeah, I'm gonna say no way, but. Mm. <laughs> Uh, just because they said there will be no Doctor Who in 2019. I mean, except for New Year's Day. So mm. yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be uh, disappointed. I'll say I wouldn't that. be disappointed. No, but. Well, gentlemen, let me ask you a quick question. Before mm. we move forward, do you have any other items in your uh, bag of tricks that might be considered news before we get into the uh, spoiler warning and then into the review? Uh, it's either yesterday or the day before as we record this, but had John Pertwee lived, he would have been 100 years old. Ah, amazing. Wow. So many people have been celebrating the centenary of the third doctor. So anyway, uh, cheers to him and, uh, long may his son, Sean continue to wave the banner. So well said, there well you go. said, all right. Well, Mr. Brown, what about you? Oh, nothing, man. All right. <laughs> well, I like that because you know what? That, that means, eloquent pause there. Yes. Well, you know what that means? That means I get to say, if you have not seen Partners in Crime, this is the first episode of the fourth series of the rebooted or returned Doctor Who. If you've not seen Partners in Crime, put us on pause. Go watch the episode. Come back because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Affirmative. Spoilers. If you ever see 
a little blue box flying up there in the sky. You shout for me, Gramps. Oh, you just shout. This is the spark of life. Just like old times. Seeding a level five planet is against galactic law. Are you threatening me? I just want a mate. You're not mating with me, sunshine. A million people are going to die. So the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review, as I said earlier, Partners in Crime. This, again, is the first episode of the fourth series of Doctor Who, starring David Tennant as the Tenth Doctor and, of course, Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. It first aired on BBC One on the 5th of April, 2008. Initial thoughts on the episode, and Lee, I'll let you take this one first. Initial thoughts. What did you think? I guess we're in the in the valley of these episodes that I have thought about over the years and thought, eh, I don't particularly want to see that one again. And now that we're watching it again, I'm thinking, why did I skip it? <laughs> so this one has gone very much out of my, my memory, particularly the big surprise at the end. Oh, which, my God. Which <laughs> hoiked, so good. I forgot about it so completely that it hoiked me up out of my chair this time. Going, what? So, uh, and, and then I was putting it back together. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right, because, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> but, that, but that moment was still, was still fun to, to have again after all these years. Anyway, but, but I did. I enjoyed it a whole lot. What about you, Clarence? I love the, 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 you know, near misses we got probably for the first half of the episode. So, you know, partners in crime, I'm going to put unknowing at the beginning, beginning of that uh, partners in crime. So yeah, I, I love the comedy in this episode. Like I've been saying this a lot, but I did think it was really, really fun. And, uh, to see them have these, you know, very comedic moments throughout. You know, the villain was a little, uh, you know, cheesy-esque, but, you know, I thought it was cool, still cute. And, you know, I, I just thought it was a fun episode. What about you, Kyle? Oh, I agree with what both of you just said. And I will add Donna Noble, Donna Noble, and Donna Noble. Mm. Uh, I loved this episode. It's not one that I go back and watch often, but it is one that I fondly remember. And this is one where I think you have a forgettable villain or the forgettable bad guy, but you don't care. I don't care. I had so much fun watching David Tennant and Catherine Tate play off of each other that they could have had a brick sitting on a table (laughs) as the villain. And I would have been, oh, that is the greatest, most evil brick I've ever seen. Wow. It could have been walking blobs of fat for all you Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Oh. So, so let me ask something about the walking blobs of fat, as you said. <laughs> you know, we've often made reference in our reviews to how Doctor Who uses the platform, or should I say, the showrunners, the writers use Doctor Who as a platform, even back in the classic era, as a mm-hmm. social commentary. Mm-hmm. What say ye? as the social commentary of this episode. And Clarence, I'll point this one to you first. What is the social commentary? I know it's just literally in front of us, but just what do you, what's your take on it? 
Uh, were they look were they looking at the obesity of Mississippi? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it may speak to the lengths we go to be perfect. It could be looking at that aspect. I do think it was doing a bit of slight bit of fat shaming in it in this episode, but I don't know. I think it just speaks to how far we go to, especially in this Instagram age, to look perfect and uh, nothing is off the table. Even though we don't truly understand it <laughs> when we're trying to to be that perfect person, so that's what I read into it. What about you guys, Lee? What about you? Yeah, as as an overweight person, I, I'll speak for all overweight people everywhere. I, I was not. I didn't feel like anybody was making fun of me, except when I am willing to to think, "Hey, that that looks like a quick way to get out of this." You know, the, yeah. the, the, the gullibility about the, this will cure it and with no side effects and no, yeah, yeah, of course yeah. it will. Yeah, sure. You know, but we buy it. We believe those things all the time. And I, I really think that's what that was about. And, uh, yeah. mm, you know, I, I will add, you know, another layer to it. Um, not only is it another the, layer of fat. Yeah. Literally are, are trimming the fat, so to speak, <laughs> are, are, are ways to trim the fat or the magic bullet or the magic pill yeah. or the magic whatever to do it. I'll use myself as an example. Back in the nineties, I grew up around, you know, high school. And even after I graduated, everybody I was around were all athletes. Well, here's the bookworm that was not mm-hmm. the athlete and everybody else looked like a athlete. So I was like, oh, give me a, you know, hydroxycut or, you know, or whatever kind of, um, yeah. you know, let me take this or let me take that or well. whatever. I did that, you know. So I, I would have probably, had I been in the world of Doctor Who, there would be little adipose Kyles somewhere around here because <laughs> I would have been taking yeah. the pills. Oh, well, you, you remind me of the classic one of all time, the, uh, the, the back of the comics, uh, ads for the Charles Atlas, uh, bodybuilding course. Yes. You know, that, that had the, 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 uh, comic strip called, uh, the insult that made a man out of Mac. And, and there is on the top row, the skinny guy who's being pushed around on the beach. And he says, darn it, I'm sick and tired of being a scarecrow. I'll send off for Charles Atlas course. And then there's a, there's a, a little box in the corner of one panel that says later. And then he, then he looks like Charles Atlas. You know, he has this fantastic oh. body. And I just always love that. The whole process is dismissed with the word later. Later. <laughs> yeah. Said, well, yeah, technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much later? <laughs> but no, it, you know, when you read that comic strip, it looks like you know you're going to send off for the book, and tomorrow you're going to have this body. You know? Oh, that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was was funny about what happens in this episode. You know, I think if Miss um, Foster would have been truthful, would it have gotten Sean badly? <laughs> yes. But I think if people are guaranteed to lose one pound or whatever, whatever they said, the UK equation of it, uh, it, it per night, I think they still would do it. I'd have done. Well, you know, as, as the adipose, uh, uh, babies were going up into the spaceship, I was thinking, now all those people lying on the ground back there, they have actually lost all this weight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are they going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? In the long run, it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did get what I paid for. The one lady said, "I can eat what I want." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, the late. Okay, the lady who dissolved into a blob of adipose. Yeah, she. Yeah, that. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she uh, didn't get what she paid. 
Mm, but you know, it, it's funny how they, you know, they took something and, and even though, you know, we're sitting here saying that these, um, the villain was, you know, kind of forgettable. I think it was a unique take on our obsession. Like Clarence said, you know, Instagram wasn't around then, but imagine how relevant or more relevant this episode topic would have been today in the age of the selfie and the, um, you know. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and the lady I was just talking about, when we meet her, she tells Donna that she's dumped her her boyfriend, her fiance, in fact, because now she can do better. Yes. Oh, yes. man. That's but, how we are, man. Exactly. <laughs> so and that is how we are. Yeah, I, I would love to see like a modern take on this story. Uh, I, I would love to see that, you know, occur again in Doctor Who. I'm down for mm-hmm. that. Totally. <laughs> I don't noticed, know what that would look like. but <laughs> Yeah. How would that be different? But yeah. I've noticed that at the cons that the little cuddly adipose toys that they still sell, you know, it really, this is, this is what, um, how long ago has this been now? Mm, 2008. So 11 years, yeah, so 11 years now. Yeah. And people are still, uh, they, they respond warmly. Oh, look, it's one of those guys. Yeah. So I, I knew one of well, it seemed like I heard one of you guys make the comparison of the pating to the adipose. Yeah. I said it was, uh, they, it's the runner up and the cutest, uh, cutest villain, <laughs> sweepstakes <laughs> yeah so. true true but see i'll take it in another direction i don't now i will agree that the uh nanny or the matron or however you want to say mm-hmm. it, i would agree that she you know she had a job to do i get that and she was yeah. doing it the the way she did it you know yeah. but the adipose the children adipose themselves the baby adipose or whatever a, a la the patine they weren't bad. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's what I was just about to ask was, what do you think of the design choice of making them cute? Because they, they didn't have to be. They could have been really wretched little, you know, horrible yeah. things. But the choice was made to make them adorable. And I, I guess because they're babies, technically. Yeah. But yeah. If, if they had chose to make them fearsome, it uh-huh. would have totally changed the tone of this episode. Totally. Yeah, they were coming out eating up things and yeah, you know, yeah, it was, there were gremlins. gremlins, right? Yeah, but but yeah, so I, I guess you're right, Kyle. I mean, part of the, the story is it's not Fat's fault. No, it's not. Uh, good point. And is that well, Lee? Maybe you hit on something. Maybe the reason to make them cute was to make us see what you just said. It's not Fat's fault. Fat's fault. Yeah. Hmm. I don't even know what I mean by that, but yeah. I, <laughs> in other words, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But but maybe in other words, if you aren't um, because, and, and I'll take it one step further. Donna even refers to the doctor later in this episode mm. as being so thin he's like a stick. Yeah, yeah nothing. Yeah. Maybe it's saying that if you aren't the Mister America, or, you know, Captain America mm. look or whatever. That that's not a bad thing. You are yeah. who you are, and that's okay. Or you know what I'm saying is you you don't have to right. be you know Captain <laughs> Atlas or whatever. You don't have to look like David Tennant, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, which makes this episode even more weird when you think about um, how um, the first two companions of New Who were pretty much thin model esque. Yeah. And I have Donald, Donna, that's a little more normal, you know, normal person. <laughs> like a person. Uh, and, and this is the episode they come out with first. Uh, 
Hmm. I don't know how to read into that. <laughs> yeah. So, let, you know, let's go back. I want to go back just a little bit and talk about something from the production of this particular episode. And we found this afternoon in our pre-watch of, you know, Partners in Crime on the, and I'll put a link in the show notes to this as well. We oh, found please, yeah. a YouTube video, and I think this was from a DVD extra that was recorded by um uh, Russell T. Davies. There were actual scenes that were shot with the gentleman who played Donna's father for Partners in Crime before he became too ill to continue on, you know, for the entire series. And the, then the decision was made to bring back who would be Wilf, even though the character was not named in Partners, not in Partners in Crime, in uh, Voyage of the Damned, he was called Stan, and they renamed him Wilf, uh, Wilfred Mott, who, of course, you know, was uh, Donna's grandfather. What did you guys think of the scenes that you watched seeing Wilf's part as we know him be played by the gentleman that we saw in Runaway Bride playing Donna's father. Thoughts? It's a lovely scene, whoever's playing it. And, and, and it's so interesting to me after having seen Wilf do it, you know, having watched this episode several times to then see somebody else do it. Um, and, and it does, it is sort of the road not taken. It's like, what, what would have this have been like if this had been the character? But, you know, I, I, I love Bernard Gribben so much. And, and so I'm glad that he did it, you know, not, not wishing ill to the, to the other. No, gentleman. no, no. Just, of course. But it was, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just interesting always to see the, uh, uh, an alternative like that. Uh, I, I love the, uh, I always love to see when, uh, you can find them to find a, a screen test for, for famous roles like the Scarlett O'Hara's or, uh, or Lois Lane in the, mm-hmm. the, the 1978 Superman. Like every, every woman in Hollywood tried out to be Lois Lane. And, uh, I love, I love watching those. I just, uh, the what ifs. Fascinating. What about you, Clarence? What do you think? Uh, it definitely would have felt very different. You know, I know we saw the unfinished scenes from that YouTube video, but, um, the Wilfred is very much more, um, comical in a sense, uh, not overtly, but kind of just how he carries himself. Um, and maybe even <sighs> Zany's not the word, but animated. Cor- yeah, I mean, he's in, you know, looking for spaceships in the sky, which he has reason, of course. Uh, so, you know, he, it, the scene was played very different. And, you know, what would have been if, if, um, this actor wouldn't have passed on? I think it's very sad to, you know, go back and see these scenes after the fact. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I, I don't want to say one way or the other, but, but, you know, it's just very, very different feel. Very yeah. different feel. Yeah. I, you know, I think you very, appropriately put that i i will say that i didn't watch the episodes that he was in from runaway bride but i did do a quick screen glimpse as i will call it from the runaway bride and it's obvious from seeing comparisons visually that the gentleman obviously was in poor health and you know i Come, you know, congratulate him for his contributions. I wish he could have continued, but, uh, unfortunately, you know, it wasn't so. And, uh, Bernard Cribbins was available. And I think that if you had to replace him, 
using an actor who had just appre- you know appeared previously in the Christmas special. I just think that that was so appropriate that you were able to extend that character and become one of the most loved characters, I think, in New Who. You know, yeah, so. I agree. So, um, let me ask you guys a question just about, we've talked about Donna and Lee, I'll point this to you. Uh, what do you think, if any, was there a difference in Donna from the runaway bride to partners in crime? Did, do you think she was written any differently or do you think it was basically the same character? I'm glad you asked because that I think that was probably the main thing on my mind as I was watching this this time, because I remembered how how my heart had sunk when I had heard that uh, Donna Noble was going to come back and be the doctor's companion. I just thought, oh no, what a terrible choice. Um, but, but you know, I said I, I'll be interested to see what they do with it. But uh, RTD knows what he's doing. And so one of the first things he does for Donna in this episode is he gives her the scene that we've just been talking about with Wilf. She, she is, well, for one thing, we, we also see that montage with her mother, uh, scolding her like she's eight years old. Oh, the mother, man. <laughs> and, and we, and if we had any emotional distance from Donna before, I feel like in that little scene, we get on board with her. It's like, this is why Donna is the way she is. Okay, we needed to know that. And her heart is broken and all her hope is lost. And the one good thing in her life right now is her grandfather. And she goes up to see him and she's brought him, you know, thermos of tea. She's, you know, she's done something for somebody else. And the the Catherine Tate that we had seen in The Runaway Bride was often um, angry and scolding and sad. And so her she she doesn't have a chance to be loving or lovely. And then we get to sit down and the camera gets really uh, close to her and she is warm and she's tender with her grandfather who she loves. And she tells him her big secret, which is that she's really changed and that she's been changed by the doctor by that time that she had with the doctor. And it brings us up to speed on how much she's changed. It's, it's very deliberate and it's very carefully done. And I really admire the writing of it, and particularly her performance of it. And, uh, uh, Nicole called her hot last week, and I thought, is Catherine Tate hot? And then I was watching this, and I thought, yeah, yeah, that is, that is, a, <laughs> that is a beautiful woman. When, when she's sitting there talking to, to Wolf, I said, yeah, she is. Look at that. And now, now I'm on board. Now I want her to be the doctor's companion. Now we, all we've got to do is convince the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, That's Clarence? Um, echo... everything Lee just said. And I'll just add to that. It seemed like in this episode, she felt smarter. She felt a lot smarter in this episode. And they hit you with that right out the gate to show her with this parallel path to what the doctor is seeking out. You know, she's this, she's done the research. She's like, I have to find this guy. You know, I have to get back to him. I don't know what I was doing when I told him I didn't want to go with him. You know, and and she has charted her path, and you know, she is showing every bit of her smarts here, and and you know, on this parallel path with the doctor for the first fifteen twenty minutes of the episode, and and so to me, that's what I feel her huge difference is. Adding on to everything Lee said, because because she just she blows me away in this episode. <laughs> so for me, you know, I, I'll 
do as we usually do. I'll say I'll echo, you know, what the <laughs> two of you just said. But I will also add, the more I watch and rewatch Donna, and, you know, I've said on this show before that Donna went from being my, oh, wow, I, like Lee said, really, you're going to put, you know, Donna Noble for an entire season, this is going to be horrible, to... Oh my goodness, she's one of my most favorite companions, literally. So going from that extreme from one to the other is a big thing. But the more I watch this, and this is the first time I've watched both of these episodes in a review mode where you're looking at it, not just watching it, but you're looking at it and thinking of reviewing it. I have to question if this is not the same character if it's just a natural progression. And the only reason I say that is I'm wondering it from a writing perspective. The first time she was on, she had one appearance, and that was going to only be the one appearance. The second time she's on, it is she's going to be the new companion because the name that they used for the actress that played the reporter a penny something. I can't remember her last name, mm-hmm. but yeah. that character, the name of that character was originally supposed to be the name of the new companion for the right. doctor. That's who, right. Before Penny, she came back. Penny Carter. Yeah. Penny, Carter Penny Carter. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So, That's interesting. so I just think it was a natural progression that we get to know Donna more than what we did originally. And because you had that opportunity, you could expand and explain all the things that you guys just said that led to making this such a multi-layered companion. Yes, yes. And like also, um, you know, you, you may think at times the – Donna is too much for the doctor. <laughs> you know, she's kind of a handful. But but her her mother, uh, if she can deal with her mother, I can see some of that rubbing off on Donna herself. Not in a mean way, but you know, but she's very direct. And um I can I can see that she may have gotten some of that from her mother. So So let me ask you guys a question or reference something that you guys mentioned just a moment or two ago, which is we see Rose in, you know, series one and series two. <clears throat> we see uh, Martha in series three, and they definitely fit a certain mold. And there was a dynamic that they had, which was the pairing of the heartthrob doctor with the beautiful companion uh, pairing that they had. And you both in both of those, you had, you know, the almost love story between the ninth slash tenth doctor and Rose, and then the rebound that unfortunately Martha had to endure for her, you know, season. That being said, what did you think of the redirectioning with Donna and establishing that, hey, this isn't what's going on here? What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so probably from a viewer, viewer point of view and also probably a show writer's point of view, it made sense to try something different. And I think it's welcome because, you know, uh, they mentioned it near the end of the episode where, you know, the doctor is, he can't do the love thing anymore or, or the pining or the crush thing anymore. And he, he's just not going to stand for it. So, you know, He's kind of echoing maybe what the, maybe you guys can tell me, maybe what the audience was thinking at the same time. 
you know, every companion doesn't have to be a love interest. <laughs> Let's try something a little bit different and 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 see where the show goes from there. That's kind of what I got from it. But well, what about you guys? Hmm. Lee, what do no, you think? Uh, I was I was hoping. I remember back you know eleven years ago, hoping. Please, 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 don't make Gunn and Noble his new love interest. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, and the end of this episode settles that. We feel like definitively, you know, there's that's a romantic comedy thing for people to say, you know, I wouldn't be with him if, you know, you paid me. Uh, so, <laughs> and then they, they're together in the end, you know. So that wasn't, you know, that didn't mean for sure. But I thought I, I like that they established she's not attracted to him in the least. Yeah. And and the the revulsion where she thinks that he actually wants to mate with her. Um, and a mate. A mate. And um, so, you know, I, I was relieved. I said, thank goodness that we're done with that. I, it made me, as a, as a fan of from the classic era, right, where the doctor did not get involved with his companions. Yeah. Uh, I was glad that we were out at the Rose thing and that Martha pining for him and him not getting it. And I said, no, nah, that's, this is not my, it's not my Doctor Who. So I was glad. I felt like this is a return to form. And then the next thing we know, we'll have Amy wanting to get in, him in bed with her. <laughs> okay. Spoilers. Spoilers. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so You know, so for me, I was so ready for the pining doctor slash companion to be over with. I thought it was refreshing. I didn't have a problem with it, but I was ready for something different. And yeah. You know, I was glad to have that. And Lee, I think you mentioned this on this show. If not, you mentioned it on Podshot. But correct me if I'm wrong here. But I, and especially, I believe it was for um, the fifth doctor that this came up. He was not even allowed to put his arm around the other companion. That there was only certain ways that the doctor back then could put, you know, like hold maybe maybe not hold hands or ho yeah. with a with a companion right um yeah actually the uh, the gallifrey i was at where uh, peter davison and all of his his crew were there they had a panel and he was talking about that 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 uh, there were sort of bbc watchdogs who were always looking to make sure that he wasn't standing too close or touching uh, Janet Fielding or Sarah Sutton too much, but it was okay for him to sling his arm around Matthew Waterhouse all he wanted to, <laughs> which since Matthew is gay, that was funny. They all <laughs> yeah. had a big laugh about it. It's like, Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but, but yeah, they were, they were watching out. And it, what, uh, I, I remember that, um, Peter Davison's uh, way of putting it was, he said, they just wanted, they, they wanted no hanky panky in the TARDIS. So, um, that being said, let me ask you guys, before we get into uh, two other things I want to ask you, did either of you have any other notes before we get into our two uh, new segments, actually, that we're going to be adding going forward? So any of you or either of you have any other notes that you'd like to bring up before we get into those? Nothing leaps to mind, no. All right, Mr. Or Brown. Yeah, no, hmm. no, sir. All right, so I want to ask... What was your favorite scene? And I have a feeling I think I know what all three of us are going to say, but I'm going to point this first to you, Clarence. Favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene by far is when um, uh, Miss Foster is in the room and she has uh, Miss, was her last name Cooper, tied up. 
and Don is on one side looking through the little uh, circular glass and the doctor is outside <laughs> on the window washing, uh, uh, what they call it? Scaffold? Scaffold. Scaffold. Yes. And, and uh, oh, did, did you guys know what they were saying? The only thing I could read was when she said uh, doctor. Other than that, I was just kind of figuring out what they were, what was going on. But that moment was just freaking hilarious. I was about to fall out my chair laughing. I just thought it was <laughs> the best. You know, and, you know, it's just like the culmination of all these moments I talked about earlier of them barely missing each other. Uh, so I just thought that was good writing and well portrayed in the episode. Okay. So to answer, I, I'm curious as to Lee's <laughs> answer to your question, Clarence, before I answer, uh, were you able to say, tell what they said? I feel pretty sure I know what they're saying. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's, that's part of what I love about it. Yeah. All right. So my answer to that and it, next time the three of us to, are together uh, and just, if notice whenever you are talking to me, if you ever notice me looking straight at you, it's because <laughs> I read lips a lot. Uh, but, oh yeah, right. And having said that, uh, yes, I, you know, I was loving that because I was, you know, pretty much saying, you know, reading, uh, everything that they were saying pretty much carried it's the conversation. Me. I loved that. <laughs> Totally yes, love I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they did that with the fa- – and what I loved about that was the facial expressions. They did that so well that if you did have a, you know, a history of reading lips, you pretty much knew what they were saying. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I don't, but I, I really feel confident that I know what they were saying. And it's <laughs> yeah, so, somehow my captions weren't working when they were talking that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Lee, what was your – favorite scene. oh that is that is my favorite scene of this episode oh, hands down bar none for, <laughs> for, for that reason and and you and you really do need to have two gifted comic actors like the two of them to make that work <laughs> and, I, and i had forgotten because i hadn't seen it in years i had forgotten that the end of that is their slow realization that there's somebody that the bad guys are watching yes <laughs> yes oh <laughs> yes we're having this glad reunion of <laughs> done <laughs> So I'm going to be honest. I said that as my favorite scene, but for the purpose of discussion, I'm going to say what I actually, when we got started or we're about to get started, we started talking about something and I actually, you know, pressed the delete key a couple of times and erased uh, what we just talked about and mm-hmm. replied or typed again and said, the ending rose. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Um, the, the scene with Rose was, well, for me, when I watched it, I had no clue that there was any chance that Billy Piper was going to return. So it was like watching it off the internet from whatever means I was watching it to looking at it at the end and going, Oh my God, that's Rose. You know, yeah. I, I just thought that that was very cool storyline wise. Yeah, and it just goes to show how having a mystery for the season um amps you up and gets you excited for what may come because what? man, like like Lee said, I, I sat up in my chair, I was like, What? Really? <laughs> I forgot about this. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, and, I, and if Nicole were here, I think that she would say, and a lot of us said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, mentioning Nicole, I forgot to put in my notes the um, fact that 
And I know we mentioned this on our last recording that Nicole's uh, podcast has a new episode out. Curious if you guys have had an opportunity to listen to her episode. I have not, and I and I realize that I am actually putting it off because I've gotten the impression that it's going to be kind of negative. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I, I feel like she's she's being a downer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I, what about you, I'll Clarence? I have to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let me um, help you out here. I, I have listened to probably 80, 90% of it. Okay. Um, although she is – I'm not going to say – She's critical, but I will say at least for all her criti- criticisms, I can look at it and say, okay, I see how you thought yeah. that. I see yeah. why you have that position and I can respect that. Yes. You know, it's, it's not like she's, um, you know, bashing it for bashing's sake. She, she follows it up with, you know, different commentary from other podcasters. And also, you know, she gives a, 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 a her take on it as, you know, as trying to convey um, exactly why she feels that way rather than it just being a blank yes. blanket, you know, I hate it. So I, I love her for that because she kind of explains it all. Yes. And it's very informative. Yep. I agree with what Clarence just said. It, it and I mention it for a very specific reason. Uh, but, but you are correct. Every point that she makes, she validates her opinion with a, you know, a counter as to, why she feels that way. Not like my uh, hatred for Superman versus Batman, where I just have a universal, you know, Martha and just keep on and on and on. Other than I just don't like it. She actually takes the time to voice why. But there is. Nicole is very fair. She's a fair person. She is. And And I I have to say. Hatred of Batman and Super versus Superman is science. Well, that's true too. Good. Thank you, sir. That being said, (laughs) there is a point in her review that I was driving down the road and literally laughing out loud as she was going off on the dynamic between Ryan. I know I'm digressing here, but there was a moment where she's going off on the dynamic and the reasoning in her opinion behind the dynamic of Ryan uh and uh Graham which i thought was freaking hilarious so kudos to her okay yeah and let me just add real quick before we move on i do i do like that you know she she gave some opinions for why we might not like rosa and I do respect the opposite position because it seems like for all the reasons that other people hated it is why I liked it. So, mm, interesting. <laughs> so again, again, like I, I can respect the, the different opinion and, you know, as long as I get a reason, you know, I'll try to understand it. Yeah. I, I, got, I got to hear it. I got to yeah. hear it. And, it's and, really good. Yeah. And, and one more thing that she, and I, I want to leave discussion, uh, discussion on, you know, her, episode on a very positive note one of the things that she makes a very good point of making is you know the doctor who fandom has always been a inclusive type fandom where everyone could approach and be welcomed for having various beliefs thoughts you know whatever and opinions and you know and I applaud her for her episode of saying, you know, hey, this may not have been my cup of tea. This is why I don't like it, but it might have been yours, and that's okay. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, like I say, she's she's fair. So. And we're talking, by the way, about Terminus, a yes. Doctor Who podcast. Yes. Not the Terminus uh, Walking Dead podcast, but, no. it's called, but it's called Terminus, a Doctor Who, Who podcast. podcast. Yes. Highly recommended. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think we've done her some good press here. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> our, our mini review within a review. How about that? <laughs> so, but back, back to our friend Rose and Doctor and Donna. We pretty much said what our favorite scenes were. So, Curious, and Lee, I'll point this one to you first. <laughs> Favorite quote? Well, there's no contest for this episode. <laughs> You're not mating with me, sunshine. I, I've heard people who aren't fans of the series <laughs> say that, that they all they know is that one little exchange. I just want a mate. We're not mating with me, sunshine. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mr. Brown, what say you? Oh, man. I don't uh, I'm gonna take the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> The fat just walks away. <laughs> okay. Hey, yep, yep. All right. I'll give you that. It's the other thing to remember from the episode. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. And I will, I will take your fat walking away and I will <laughs> counter that with a, um, I won't take the time to read out the entire, uh, back and forth, but I'll just counter you with what Lee said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I love that whole that to me set the stage for what we saw for the rest of the series and mm-hmm. I totally 100% loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to mention Mr. Fo- Miss Foster has a um a Sonic. Which yes, she does. It's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> the Sonic pen, very sleek. Mm. Mm. So we've seen sonic pins, we've seen sonic screwdrivers, we've seen laser screwdrivers, and we've seen sonic, and here's a trivia for you, we've also seen, not necessarily in Doctor Who proper, but we've also seen sonic <laughs> what? Oh, lipstick. Very good. Oh, you didn't say sonic shades. That's true. Sonic also shades. Sonic shades. Yeah, you yes. could have gotten that, uh, you could have gotten it with the shades. I'm just, yeah, the, the very idea that Sarah has sonic lipstick hurts me. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's always bugged me, but anyway. But what she's it used do? it. Uh, it's basically her sonic screwdriver, yeah. but it's in a lipstick case. Oh, okay. But I just like, really? Her sonic lipstick. <laughs> this is, this is what made a lot of us worry that the 13th doctor was going to have, you know, the TARDIS is going to be full of shoes. Oh. You know, I, I just. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Miss- it was a show for a younger audience. It was. It was. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we have the Jadoon. We have the Jadoon. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you guys, if I were to ask you your final rating, we've pretty mm. much gone through the episode and Leah, I'll point this one to you. So what's your final rating on a scale of one to five? I'm going to give this one a four. I, I think... Uh, it was clearly intended just to get the doctor and Donna back together. And so everything else that happens is more or less inconsequential. But sometimes we've seen that done really poorly. And I think this one, this time it's done better. It's, it's, it's a really, it's a better job than, than some others. And they're, the two of them, of course, are just wonderful. I, I didn't bring up one of my qualms with this episode. Although maybe it's a larger question about Doctor Who in general, but when you mentioned uh, Miss Foster's Sonic, it reminded me that the Doctor makes an ear-splitting um, noise by by 
by putting the two sonics together. And he's done that before. He did it in Runaway Bride and um, some other times. And it absolutely paralyzes or, you know, uh, knocks everybody else to the ground. He's always unaffected by this. <laughs> why, why doesn't it hurt him? Hmm. Mm. Good point. Anyway, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm going to say 4.2. I like to say 4.2 on Doctor Who. So let's say 4.2 for this one. How about Clarence? I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going okay. for a 4.2. Uh, really loved it. Loved the doctor's, uh, flux capacitor when he was trying to find the, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, adipose at the beginning oh, of the episode. That was beautiful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, just, just, just a, just a fun episode. Um, oh man, when, when Donna's hanging from the, uh, the scaffolding and he's like, hold on. And he's like, I am. You know, they, they are just, great together and it was fun 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 mm. cow <laughs> so let me think um oh maybe a 4.2 let's just make it a unanimous i love this freaking episode i had fun i saw rose i saw donna noble 10th doctor in a very uh, spacious tardis i can't complain one single freaking bit i love this episode and the adipose babies are cute. And the adipose babies are just freaking awesome. I love that. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I, I am so excited to be in series four because this is, like I said, one yeah. of my favorite episodes since I've been watching quote unquote new who. Yes. And next week it's Doctor Who with Karen Gillan and Peter Capaldi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, Amy Pond and the 12th Doctor starring in The Fires of Pompeii. Yeah. So, Lee Shackelford, if I were to ask where you might could be found on the Internet, where else might you be? The number of places I can now be found on the Internet is growing like some kind of kudzu. Uh Thanks to uh, all the social media outreach that I'm finally learning to do about uh, our radio drama serial, Relativity. But it all points back to RelativityPodcast.com. Good deal. Mr. Clarence Brown, where might we find you? We've lost him. Silence will fall. Hopefully you... Oh, my bad. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hopefully you will find me, along with other listeners of this show on Facebook by going to Facebook groups and searching for discussing network where we are fostering a community of people who talk about Dr. Who trick and other things. Yes. We recently did a uh, poll on uh, Sunday with the um, finale of game of Thrones. So it's not just, you know, it's all geek culture. We have fun there. So come join us. So for me, uh, I would point everyone to discussingnetwork.com. It will showcase all the other uh, shows that are in our Discussing Network. So please check that out. And again, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. We are glad that you were here. And be sure to subscribe. Tell your friends about the show. And with that, again, thank you. And we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible.
You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?